RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. There are calls to ban people who refuse to wear masks from public transport as COVID-19 fears grow. Internationally, governments roll out huge stimulus measures as economies grind to a halt. And Beijing is accused of undermining one country, two systems as it expels US journalists and tells them they can't work in the SAR. A University of Hong Kong microbiologist has called for people who don't wear face masks to be banned from public transport as the number of imported cases of COVID-19 continues to surge. Dr Hopak Leung said the next two weeks would be a critical period in the SAR's fight against the new coronavirus and he called for aggressive measures to contain its spread. He said Hong Kong people must unite to break the chain of infections in the community and should wear face masks when going to work as well as having their temperatures checked. Executive Council member Lam Ching Choi says returning students who are at high risk will be tested for the coronavirus as soon as possible so they are less likely to infect others during home quarantine. He said those with symptoms or who came from places where there's a serious outbreak will be considered high risk. Dr Lam says the government is looking at how to implement this. He says it's unlikely tests can be done at the airport, but medical staff can be deployed there to help identify those who need testing. He says the plan could take effect as soon as tomorrow, when mandatory quarantine for most arrivals begins. For the high-risk level uh, cases, uh, one possibility is to do the PCR test to make sure that they were not infected uh, at the spot because this group of uh, people will pose the highest risk uh, to our public health uh, if we are uh, going to even home quarantine them uh, because uh, they will infect uh, their fam family members. The South China Morning Post has closed its headquarters in Causeway Bay and an office in Wangchuk Hang after a freelance journalist gave an initial positive test for the coronavirus. The woman was lost in the newspaper's Times Square office on Monday. The Post said all staff would work from home, as they did for a month after the Lunar New Year holiday. Overseas, the US and British governments have both announced huge financial packages to help their economies overcome the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. The biggest element of Britain's plan was about 400 billion US dollars of government loan guarantees to businesses hit by falling trade. That's 15% of GDP. The Finance Minister, Rishi Sunak, outlined the measures. When I said in the budget that we will do everything we can to keep this country and our people healthy and financially secure, I meant it. These are only the first steps. We have never faced an economic fight like this one. But we are well prepared. We will get through this. And we will do whatever it takes. The Trump administration says it's planning a big and bold economic stimulus package to fight the coronavirus pandemic. The Washington Post said the package was worth 850 billion US dollars. Mr Trump said the idea was to inject a large amount of money into the economy as quickly as possible. We want to go big, go solid. The country is very strong. We've never been so strong and uh, that's what we're going to be doing. We don't want with this invisible enemy. We don't want airlines going out of business. We don't want people losing their jobs or not having money to live when they were doing very well just four weeks ago. The Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said he'd discussed details with Congress about passing legislation very quickly. He also outlined how the move would help ordinary people. 
We're looking at sending checks to Americans immediately. And what we've heard from hardworking Americans, many companies have now shut down, whether it's bars or restaurants. Americans need cash now, and the president wants to get cash now. And I mean now in the next two weeks. 100 people are now known to have died from the virus in the United States, and all 50 states have recorded cases. The European Union has agreed to ban most foreigners from entering the territory for 30 days, with exceptions for Britain and four other nations. The move designed to prevent the spread of the coronavirus will apply to non-essential visits. Meanwhile, Hungary says it'll loosen travel restrictions by opening a humanitarian corridor, allowing Romanians and Bulgarians stranded on the Austrian border to return. Here's the BBC's Nick Thorpe. Hungary has refused to allow foreign citizens to enter since midnight on Monday. A tailback of vehicles 20 kilometres long developed during the day at the Hedyes Halom motorway crossing on the Hungary-Austria border. Under the agreement, Bulgarians will have three hours to cross Hungary between 7 and 10 in the evening, local time, while Romanians will have four hours from midnight. Hungary now has 50 confirmed cases of the virus and Romania 184. More local news now, and pro-democracy lawmaker Charles Mock has criticised Beijing for telling American journalists it's expelling from the mainland that they'll no longer be allowed to work in the SAR. He says that this goes against Hong Kong's basic law, which guarantees press freedom. The order covers journalists at the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post, whose press credentials expire this year. Mr Mock called it gross interference into Hong Kong's affairs. Wall Street Journal, New York Times and Washington Post had played a very important role in exposing the problems with police brutality about the protest, reviewing the true facts of the protest, interviewed a whole number of protesters and let their stories go to the rest of the world. Now, I would worry also that Beijing's move is also targeted against this sort of uh, international spotlight that Hong Kong had enjoyed uh, in the last year. Council front lawmaker Claudia Mo said Beijing may have an ulterior motive in keeping American reporters out of Hong Kong. It's quite obvious that uh, all these American press labels have been uh, reporting Hong Kong most thoroughly and most properly. And this uh, business about the police brutality in this city has become a very obvious to uh, everyone in the world. And so uh, they use the chance, collateral damage or not, they use the chance to shut down the free flow of information in Hong Kong. Mr Mock said he tried to ask an urgent question on the matter at today's LegCo meeting, but was refused by President Andrew Leung, who ruled that it wasn't urgent. The Transport Secretary has warned that if legislators don't approve a further $10 billion in funding for the Shot into Central Rail Link by July, the entire project will be shut down. The MTR Corporation said up to 2,700 workers would lose their jobs. Frank Chan spoke at a meeting of LegCo's Public Works Subcommittee. The extra money will bring the cost of the link to around $90 billion, making it the most expensive rail project here ever. Mr Chan said it was expected that the initial funds could, would be depleted by October. Speaking through an interpreter, he said the consequences of not getting the extra money would be huge. Before the funds are exhausted, we must inform all um, contractors 
and stakeholders to prepare for a halt to the project. And the um, consequences would be grave, including substantial delays, and the costs would also go up substantially. Lawmakers criticised the government and the MPR Corporation for failing to control the cost overruns, saying some of the extra spending was avoidable. Here's Civic Party lawmaker Jeremy Tam. If the government uh, can do a better planning and also to, uh, the, for the inspections or any um, groundwork, um, I believe you know some of those can be avoided. Uh, when I asked the government, you know, did you learn any lessons? And if you learn any lessons, would you done anything differently if you can go back on the time? And they simply said it's uh, no. I mean, like that's why my concern is you know they will keep you know carry on with the same mistake uh, for the next project. The government says it's identified about 36 hectares of brownfield sites in Yunlong, Tunmun and Taipo to build more than 20,000 public flats. In a paper submitted to LegCo, it says a feasibility study will be carried out into the eight groups of sites, which could be expanded to 63 hectares if some are merged with neighbouring sites. The government hopes to have the homes ready within a decade of the start of the study. Overseas, the former US Vice President Joe Biden has won the Democratic Party primaries in the crucial states of Florida and Illinois by a wide margin. He's extended his lead over the left-wing Senator Bernie Sanders, who now faces a struggle to catch Mr Biden in the race to take on Donald Trump in November. In a video message, Mr Biden spoke about his campaign strategy. Our campaign has had a very good night. We've moved closer to securing the Democratic Party's nomination for president. And we're doing it by building a broad coalition that we need to win in November. With strong support from the African-American community, the Latino community, high school educated people like the folks I grew up with in my old neighborhood, labor, teachers, suburban women, veterans, firefighters, and so many more. Scientists say old equipment still leaking gases harmful to the ozone layer are delaying its repair by six years. The hole in the protective layer in the atmosphere was first detected in 1979, prompting a global agreement eight years later to end the use of the gases that caused it. Here's the BBC's Steve Jackson. The American researchers say the CFC gases still being released by old fridges and insulation foam made before a worldwide ban pose a greater threat than expected. The team from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology says the CFCs are also adding billions of tonnes of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Decades of CFC production punched a giant gap in the ozone layer, which helps shield us from ultraviolet radiation. The deal to phase out the gases is regarded as one of the most successful international environmental agreements. Scientists noticed the hole in the ozone layer starting to close in 2016, but progress has been slower than they'd hoped. To finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,228. That's 35 points down on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar trading in 107.16 yen, the euro is at 1 US dollar 10 cents, and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 40 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Chung. The French Open Tennis Championship has been delayed because of the coronavirus outbreak. Due to start at the end of May, organizers have pushed it back to start on September 20th. The BBC's Russell Fuller says the new date was very unexpected. 
We were certainly expecting that there was no way the French Open could go ahead in its usual spot in late May and early June. As the French Federation said today, the current confinement measures in the country have made it impossible for us to continue with our preparations. But the decision to move it until late September has taken everybody by surprise and caused quite a stir. They should have no problems with the weather at that time of year. There's a new roof for the first time on the Philippe Chatrier court this year. So if we're able to resume tennis by then, then I think they'd be able to stage the championships. But it would mean a remarkably quick turnaround between the US Open, which will take place all being well on a hard court in New York, and then the first round of Roland Garros, which would take place in a clay court in Paris just six days later. And I, I don't expect you, with more than three and a half months to go, to have a complete answer to this one. But is there any news on Wimbledon and the effect it could have on that? Well, we have a public statement issued by the All England Club for the first time today. They have said that they're closing the Wimbledon shop, the museum and the tours. That's in line with the regulations announced by the government yesterday. And then as for the championships which start on June the 29th, all being well, they say at this time we are continuing to plan for the championships and the grass court season, albeit with a limited on-site team. But they do say it's a constantly evolving situation and they will act responsibly in the best interests of society. Anything they do will be in line with government guidelines. That was the BBC's Russell Fuller speaking to Kelly Cates. The second golf major of the year, the PGA Championship, due to take place in May, has also been postponed. The US PGA said they hope to reschedule the event in San Francisco later in the year. The Masters, which was due to take place next month, has already been suspended. The two-time NBA Finals MVP Kevin Durant is amongst four players on the Brooklyn Nets to have tested positive for COVID-19, bringing the total to seven NBA players known to have been infected. The Nets did not name the players, but Durant confirmed he was one of them. All four players have been isolated. And finally, one of Hong Kong's most decorated squash players, Annie Ao, has announced her retirement from the sport at age 31. She leaves the game with 17 PSA Tour titles and five Asian Games medals, including gold in the women's team competition in Jakarta two years ago. In 2011, she became the first Hong Kong woman to crack the world's top 10. She was ranked 11th in the world at the time of retirement. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. There are calls to ban people who refuse to wear masks from public transport as COVID-19 fears grow. Internationally, governments roll out huge stimulus measures and Beijing is accused of undermining one country, two systems as it expels US journalists and tells them they can't work in the SAR. The news from RTHK.
afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 18th of March is today's date. Big thanks to the Phil Whelan for the morning brew. We've got a busy show today. As usual, we'll have uh, the lovely Cruzan McCalligan joining us for our midweek audio column. And this week, uh, Cruz will be joining us at 2.30 and she'll be chatting about coconuts. That's right, coconuts. They're delicious, nutritious and versatile. And they're also known as the fruit of life. So stay tuned uh, for our chat with Cruz uh, just coming up after the 2.30 news. But before all of that, we're kicking off uh, on the show. We're talking to broadcaster, filmmaker and writer Sadie Kay about her latest podcast, uh, which is called Mental Ideas. Uh, we'll be chatting with Sadie in about 10 minutes or so. And we want to hear from you too, so get in touch with us. The email is Noreen, uh, sorry, 123show at rthk.hk or Facebook Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. This song is Things That Are. <laughs> 